Hello, and welcome to another special episode of Drunk Faces Live, the show where we talk to cooped up authors who are, um, you know, going slowly insane in their homes. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the show, Cecilia. Glad you could be here with me tonight. Hi, uh, Nathan. Cheers. I like, I like the new name of the show. Well, you know, it's, it's pretty appropriate at this point. Um, <laughs> just the nighttime edition, at least. Slight, slight variety. Well, um, I'm going to start with a question for you. Like, how often are you doing this now that you're drinking every time you do an interview? I'm going to be doing, you know, I think this is the new normal. I think if it's going to be, you know, nine o'clock episodes and, you know, I don't care if it's the middle of the week on a Wednesday, that's, you know, <laughs> everyone needs an excuse to have a drink at some point during this week. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. The weeks feel so long that, you know, I feel like we, we deserve a middle of the week weekend. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that's fair, right? I just hope you're not doing interviews every night. Are you doing interviews every no, night? No, I'm no, I'm only doing this. I mean, I, I wouldn't judge. I mean, that'd be fun too. No, it's funny. I, I was on um, uh, James Rassone has a, has a new show he's doing on YouTube, and he had me on on Monday. So that was a, well, I did do one this this week. Um, and I think that there are a lot of us authors who are now sort of being like, how do I talk to some people? And it was funny because you, you reached out to me Monday. I had a bunch of people reach out to me Monday morning. And it was like everyone got through the weekend with their families. And then Monday morning came around. They're like, I need to do something. I need to like talk to some people. <laughs> some people. My sister sent me one of those, those memes yesterday on Facebook. And it was like, put your book down and introverts. Put your book yeah. down and on your extrovert friends. Yeah. And I was thinking of you. Um, so I know we talk about that a lot. Yeah, but I think even the introverts are starting to crack a little bit. <laughs> my my wife is a t total introvert, and you know she was even she's like, okay, it's been a couple weeks of this. I'm you know I've almost hit, hit her limit too. She had to get out and you know go sit six six feet away from some friends and chat. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it, it's I think it's getting all. How are you doing? How are you handling? It's so okay. I mean, here in Pennsylvania today, we locked down completely the state. So yeah. I've been I've been you know quarantined or whatever for two weeks. I haven't gone anywhere, but. Um, they were going county by county here in mm -hmm. our state because yeah. we're right in New York. And so it kind of as that comes in and, um, it's been every day, there's like more counties and then today. They were just completely, um, it's a stay at home or order. So yeah, yeah. but I've been, I'm like, there's no difference. I mean, I've been yeah. staying home for two weeks. I stopped grocery shopping and everything. So now I'm using Instacart. It comes yep. to me. So we don't go yeah. anywhere. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I'm thankful my mama was a nurse and she just retired and you know, she feels really guilty about like not going back into the fray, but she has some underlying conditions that put her at risk. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I think it's a blessing in disguise, but I know a lot of her friends text her every day and she has a little of the inside medical stuff. Yeah. Um, so you hear that stuff like that and it gets a little, a yeah. little much, but so far, you know, we're just kind of hanging in here in PA. How about you? How's Florida? Um, we just got the, the official lockdown order today, too. We were at a safer at home before, and now yeah. today we're finally at a stay at home. Like, um, keep your butt in your house, kind of, yeah, yeah, which we all stop, knew. Yeah. Stop going places, yeah. Um, we weren't going anywhere either. We were, we were um, you know, cooped up already. Um, so wiping everything down, wiping down the groceries when they show up yeah. to delivery and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. just taking it very seriously. I, mm -hmm. I had a, a kind of sobering call today because one of my best friends called me and let me know that he is getting called up to, he's a, he's a doctor, he's an ER doctor and he's in the Navy and he just got called up to go on the uh, USNS Mercy. So oh. he's got to go quarantine for two weeks in a hotel room all by himself without his family just, just so he can get on the ship and then he'll be on that ship for six months. Oh my God. Um, and he has, you know, three little kids. His, his wife has um, a four-year-old and, and twins who are under one. So it's just, I mean, so for her, home, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a, you know, when I hear stories like that, you know, mm -hmm. especially our, you know, our armed services, our nurses, our doctors, in this case, Amazing. both, um, you know, my complaints, you know, just sort of disappear. Um, yeah. That being said, it is hard. Everyone's taking a hit on some level. Granted, we're not all, we're not all, you know, first responders, but. It is. This is this is a crazy new normal we're in. It's a crazy new. I actually got in my car today and I did. I had to, you know, I had to make sure it was okay with mom. I'm like, listen, this thing's going around where you can egg someone's house, and I could take like the little hard eggs from the Easter basket, put some fun things in them, notes, treats, or whatever. Bring them yeah. to someone's house, put them in their yard. I'm Cloroxing the eggs on the outside, the inside yeah. wrapped, and I'm gonna send them around the yard, and we're gonna wave from the car to the people and drive away. 
can we do that? Because she's usually like a no on everything. Yeah. And she's like, well, if you Clorox them, and I would advise them to also Clorox, you know, the whole nine yards. So I got in my car, and my sister lives a half a mile away, and she's two little boys. So the kids were super excited to put these, you know, find things, put them in the eggs. And I got in my car, and I'm like, wait, first of all, where are my keys? <laughs> I have no yeah. idea. I've driven in two yeah. weeks. It was weird. And it felt like I was in some kind of book, honestly. I, I'm like, yeah. this is just, it feels like the apocalypse. It's just so my weird. Cars are, my wife's car is covered in pollen. She hasn't moved it in a couple weeks, and it's just, it's insane. Bizarre. Bizarre. Yeah. But I, I do have, I brought it down here with me just in case I got hungry. But like, you know, some weird things, like this is how I'm quarantined. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. My door. I'm like, why is there cheese balls? My mother apparently sent it to like everyone, you know, like, you know, yeah. enjoy your cheese balls during quarantine. So unfortunately, yeah. we opened it up. I pulled out the cheese balls, and my whole family doesn't like them except me. I'm like, great. <laughs> Well, you are set for a while. You better get through those before they go stale. <laughs> so this is, I don't know how it's going to go. We'll see. I have to do more walking and running. After my walks, I think you have to turn into runs now. Yeah. 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 A lot I'm of looking, drinking. I'm looking forward to that, to getting back into the exercise. I had a, um, a hernia surgery a couple weeks ago, so I'm not allowed to run. No. I, and I'm, not oh, rock, no. I'm not even allowed to like do any exercise. And I'm like, oh, that was the time I really want to do some exercise. Uh -huh. And uh, it's, yeah. In some ways, it was good timing. Some days, it was terrible, terrible timing. But yeah, um, yeah. I see some people are watching. I see uh, Boo Walker's watching, and Janelle's watching. Oh. Megan sees oh. watching. Uh, Boo, you'll be proud of me. I'm drinking uh, one of your bottles of wine tonight. Oh. So I don't know if you recall Boo's party. Uh, he had a gigantic bottle of this, this uh, red. Yeah. This is a cab. But uh, what are you drinking tonight, Cecilia? That was good. So I am drinking Susquehanna uh, Shady Spot. So SBC, it's a local brewery, and okay amazing um yeah so susquehanna it's like an hour away and i remember <clears throat> james and john from spf when they came yeah. here i made them a pennsylvania basket and this was one nice. of the things that i put in there like kind of the iconic northeast pa this is what you have to have so this was one it's like my favorite uh beer this label a little bit closer summer, to the middle what's that bring it a little closer to the middle to the right i can't see it. there it is yeah okay, okay. Yeah, oh, it's nice. awesome. Sure, I don't know where, if you can get it um, outside of PA or, I'm not sure, but it's really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So cheers. That's good. Cheers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's to, here's to staying indoors. Lots of cheers. <laughs> Lots of cheers. Here's to drinking live on the internet. Um, so I was happy to get you on though, because you know you are one of my fellow extrovert authors. Yeah. Who I knew that I needed to reach out to. I mean, it was mutual. I was mostly reaching out for him. like, Hey, are you okay? Am I okay? <laughs> are we okay? Um, but I knew I could count on you to come come chat and, and, and hang out. And um, chatting with you. But yeah, and it's. I think it is. It is very important that we find these ways to stay connected. Like I said, even the introverts, I think, are, are starting to, to to suffer from this a little bit. And I think that Easter egg idea is fantastic. Of course, Easter is coming up. I'm trying to think of like yeah. how can we do an Easter egg hunt or something. You know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. There's got to be. I, I would love to hear uh, what other people's ideas are. I would also love to see what other people yeah. are drinking tonight. If anyone else is drinking along with us while you're watching, <laughs> might be us, but... feel free to uh, post a picture of what you're drinking tonight because I, I would love to see it. That may be a, a new uh, feature of this show. So you're a cab drinker? That's, uh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I do like the reds. Um, yeah. Probably cabs and maybe a Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir um, is my drink. I love it. it. Yeah, yeah. we got, got a few of those. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we went over and raided uh, Boo's wine cellar at one point and bought a bunch of stuff off him because, you know, he he's, he knows his wine. Nice. And, uh, nice. So yeah, and I couldn't keep out the. Uh, I was doing the tequila last week with Lucy Score and. Um, I saw that. I did a little. <laughs> I, I was feeling pretty good by the end of that episode. I'm like, you know, maybe I should be a little more responsible. Ah. On the air. You're not going uh, anywhere. It's fine. We'll, we'll see what happens. You know, it may, <laughs> may make the episodes way more interesting. Who knows. <laughs> You're gonna look back at them in a few months and be like, "Ooh, I don't know. Maybe I should pull those down." Yeah, you pull them down or like highlight them because they're the best ones, one or the other. Yeah, sponsor them. Yeah, exactly. You start getting sponsorships from different alcohols. I, um, I see Michaela Walker is wa watching. Hi, Michaela. Um, the whole Walker clan tonight. This is good. Uh, who else is in the house with you? How many? I know you have kids. Um, so yeah, how many I have, have two preteens. My son turned twelve last week, and oh. my daughter's thirteen. So my husband, and then two kind of preteen. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I was an eighth grade teacher for fifteen years, so yeah. I always felt like 
once I got into this, you know, middle school age, I was like, I got this, you know, I did yeah. this long enough that it's, it's, you know, completely different to have two of your own. I'm like, give me 150 of the other ones, yeah. but they're great. I mean, it's just, uh, um, you know, all of us together all the time. Like, but we yeah. found some really cool things. Like my son is really beginning into Pixar quite a bit. One of the things before the school started sending things home, you know, I knew I had some resources. So one is uh, Khan Academy, which is amazing resource for kids. Okay. Um, and so Khan Academy had this thing called Pixar in a Box where you can, it, it takes them through like Pixar and making movies and all this and all the science behind it. And so I started having him go through that. And about a weekend, he's like, just went from zero to Pixar obsessed. Yeah. Um, watching them, watching the movies every night, he watches one. And doing the reviews. So we started a thing where we're going on a walk every day, my son and I, and we're rating Pixar movies and talking Pixar movies, Disney movies. So we've been doing this every night. And it's actually really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about you today because I know we had the interview. But also he said, you know, I want to uh, – uh, what was what's that one that we were talking about in terms of plotting? Zootopia? Um, Zootopia. Yeah, which is amazing. And it's a great – yeah, so we were talking about the storytelling kind of aspects of that. Mm. He listed that. Now, is that, I'm trying to think, Zootopia, is that DreamWorks? Or it's, is that Dis Pixar? it's Disney, but it's not Pixar. Disney, not it's Pixar. Disney right. Animation, yeah. Disney Animation. So that's what we were rating. Disney Animation, not Pixar, because we did separate lists. Okay. And he rated it as his number one. And I still have a funny story to tell you about an author friend of mine who really thinks highly of that in terms of storytelling structure of it. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. So we were talking about that today. Yeah, I could geek yeah. out about that movie all day yeah. long. Yeah. He loved it. He was going on and on and on. I'm like, oh, you should connect with Nathan. <laughs> yeah. The other one that I really liked that I watched today with my daughter is uh, Coco. Mm. Which is That was my number one. Phenomenal. It's just really well structured. It, it hits it. you right in the heartstrings, right at the right time. Yep. The ending, it's like you, know, you, you tear up at the end because it's just so moving. I love and, it. And like everything, it's, it's, it's pitch perfect. So when it comes to writers, I have yeah. a massive respect for Pixar. So do I. And yeah. um, I know one of the writers, the, one of the writers of Zootopia also wrote uh, Moana, which I thought was good. Uh, I, did, I, did, I don't rank Moana quite as high as, as Zootopia, but it was um, the beginning of it. I think the setup's really good. It's yeah. Kind of a, it's kind of a long act one, but um, it's beautifully shot and there's some, some good stuff in there. Yeah. We had a long talk about Moana and yeah. Coco. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I wish you could have been there. It's, he's, it's really cool because he's, I think he hears the storytelling stuff from me and we, mm -hmm. when we go to movies, we always talk about all of the different um, beats. And so he knows mm -hmm. all of them and things like that. And he's always been interested in that stuff. But now that he's kind of breaking these movies apart and watching other reviewers, he's really able to, you know, he's like, I think next we should write the Renaissance film. I'm like, I don't even know what the Renaissance Disney films are. Like he's knowing things now that I have no idea about. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool. Like just to hear the terminology kind of coming out of his mouth. I'm like, oh, I, I, I probably said that, you know, and it's just, it's, yeah. Um, it's what, was it, what was his top pick? What was his number one? So his top was Utopia for the Disney animation. Mm -hmm. uh, his overall, and he said tomorrow we're going to be breaking down Sony, I guess. So, okay. um, But his overall number one animated top pick is the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So he okay. is all pumped about talking about that tomorrow. That is a uh, solid film, too. Yeah. I watched it a couple so, times. It took me a couple times to really appreciate it. I mean, I watched it the first time and enjoyed it. But then yeah. I think structurally it's a little bit more complex. So I have to, have to, have to go back and watch a few more times. Um, but I would love to be in a writer's room. Some of these groups, mm -hmm. I, when I think think about the layers to Zootopia, for example, or to Coco, even just like the cultural layers that they've added in. Okay, now you've got a solid structural story. You've got a you know, major, you know, break into act two. The extraordinary world is pretty obvious. You know, he's got his yeah. you know, Day of the Dead stuff. But like when you start layering in how well they did um, the culture, the Mexican culture, and all the way down to the names and the, the, the music, um, even just when the opening credits, when they do the, the Disney uh, castle in Spanish guitar. Yeah, it's oh, just, I can notice that. Yeah, if you listen to the, when it very first opens, when you see the, the Disney um, yeah. logo, okay. it's, with, it, it's the Disney theme, but in a Spanish guitar. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's every note of that is just pitch perfect, the whole film. Yeah. And um, it must be amazing to be a writer of that caliber. And you must get so much better as a writer uh, by being surrounded that by that mm -hmm. method, and I, mm -hmm. I'm curious. I would love to see what their underlying structure is, and say, okay, if we build a movie, it has to hit all these notes. Yeah. Um, because oh, I would love to sit in on that room. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all timeless. I mean, even like you know, monsters. 
uh, Ink and like some of these other films that are just, yeah. they don't age. You know, the animation might age. You go back and look at Toy Story 1 compared to Toy Story 4, obviously you can see a huge difference. But, mm-hmm. but uh, in terms of storytelling, um, it's not like trying to go back to watch Shrek or something like that, where you yeah. know, it's full of references that are now dated. It's, yeah. you know, there's a lesson to be learned about writing something timeless. Yeah, we talked about, we had a whole inside out, or not inside out was his number two. But we had a whole Toy Story discussion about the, the you know, genesis of it. Like, it's, it's, and it's fun because he's 12 and I'm mm. like, it's just really cool. It's, it's, you know, I'm at that stage now where I'm talking to my kids, like they're little adults and it's actually a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. Um, I'll be curious but, to hear how his, his thoughts evolve too over time. Yes. Um, as he gets older and appreciates different parts of the films and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just neat. Like he said, what did he say today about Inside Out? He said, all right, so Inside Out, that was his number two. Now, this was yesterday's discussion. I think that was Pixar. He said, you know, Inside Out isn't a movie. It's an adventure. <laughs> it <laughs> I is, love yeah. That. I love it. Oh, that's a yeah, great one. That, that's incredibly clever. Like the, the, the layers in the mind that they managed to work in, especially uh-huh. the, gray, the gray marble scene. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just so priceless, you know, and yeah. like, even my wife and I will still refer to things. Well, that's a gray marble. We don't, we don't know what, to, <laughs> we, we couldn't come up with that one. You know what I mean? We, yeah. it's kind of, um, it, yeah, just so much of that was just layered with cleverness. Yeah. But, you know, even Can just the, train of thought and, you know, things like think that. Think yourself as you watch this, like I, I, I <clears throat> you probably do this too. And I do it with books. Um, I think, oh, this is a great scene, or I'm doing a really great day, you know, writing today. And then I'll watch a movie like that, or I'll read a book, like, way on this level. I'm like, you know what? Wow, I can't yeah. do that. I suck so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you can appreciate it so much. I was actually reading, the last book I read was a, a friend of mine, Maria Lewis. Mm-hmm. And I, I texted her, and I said, so this is the kind of book that makes me hate my writing. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's been a few of those. I'm not gonna stop writing. Yeah, sometimes I I do read a book and I just you know it makes me want to go take my whole manuscript or my whole backlist and throw it all in the trash. You know, it's like ah, oh, this is garbage. Crap. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, we we soldier on. We get better. Book by book. Yeah, we do. And uh, yeah, it's. I, I how are you handling your writing? Yeah. Uh, are you homeschooling? Yeah, the school just started giving like structured stuff this week before I was letting them kind of drive the bus and what do you want to do? And so that's how we ended up with Pixar and things like that. So, um, but you know, it's, it's very loose, um, loose in that, you know, I do have a schedule up and every day when they get up, I'll put the times in it and I'll say, all right. So, you know, I just give them a chunk of time and say between 10 and 12, you have these two tasks. I don't care when you do them, how you do them, whatever. And then lunch and that kind of thing. But, um, they're, you know, young teens. So they've been staying up late. They've been watching a movie every night. That's kind of their new thing. And they've been mm-hmm. doing that. So they're sleeping in a little bit. I'm fine with it. Cause they're just getting their sleep. And, um, so I'm writing in the morning. I'm not a morning person, but even by seven, if I'm up by seven or seven 30, I could still get two hours in before they wake up. It's just restructured the day a little bit. My husband's okay. home. He's an engineer. Um, yeah. and they do civil. It's not considered essential. So he's been home for two weeks and so then, you know, he'll do his day. And then when he's done at two or three or three thirty or whatever, I'll come down to the basement where I'm at now. And then I'll do the next part of my day, which is like the writing, writing. Um, Cause writing, I have a hard time. I, I have to, I'm sure most of us do. I have to be like this. Mm-hmm. I have the kids running around and doing emails or, you know, playing in right. Canva and creating, you know, book templates or whatever, but I can't write. Um, yeah. So that's usually in the morning now or, you know, later in the afternoon when I'm down here so it's it's fine it's just we retooled our day a little bit and yeah. you know i pretty much work seven days a week so i can have that schedule on the weekend i can write in the morning and um yeah. I, I have no complaints honestly i always see your posts on the weekend and you're always like who's writing damn it i'm like you guys should just take a break i mean i'm not but you should take a break I just love it. I mean, I said to my readers today, I was like, you guys have no idea what you're doing for me to be buying my books. Like you're giving me that my solstice is writing is coming up with these stories. And, you know, um, some people said, Oh, I'm struggling to write. I'm like, I'm, I'm just the opposite because I'm going in there and completely forgetting everything for three hours or whatever it is. So I, I don't mind that. I love it. Do you have any tips for kind of leaving all of this stress at the door when you sit down to to write? How have you been getting over that hurdle? Because I know it's something that's been affecting me. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Honestly, it's a weird thing, but I'm telling you, I'm such a fan of Brain FM. And they say that that kind of trains you. And maybe it's mm -hmm. like, I don't know, but I have been using that um, for a while now. And, you know, you put it on. And then as soon as I hear that music, I think I'm trained now for that specific music to just kind of get into the groove. And yeah. I could go from zero to like jumping into the scene within, you know, a few minutes. I put it on, I start listening. I reread what I did yesterday and then boom, I'm just kind of like right in there and it's not really a problem. Um, yeah, nice. I love Brain FM. I think it does something for you. And it's helpful now because even though I'm downstairs, I do have a lot of running around and things upstairs. So when I'm home alone and the kids are at school, I don't need it. But now I put the headphones on and yeah. uh, really need to get into the groove that way. Um, and also I know this is my job and this is, I, I have, my date set with my editor for the year and I, those are not, are not negotiable. So if I, you sit down for me, I sit down and I think this is what I have to do. Like my husband's up there working, whether the kids are running around or not. So am I, and I get it. It's a more creative thing. So, you know, but yeah, so for some reason for me, that hasn't really been an issue. But brain of them is if you don't use it or somebody listening doesn't use it, I highly recommend. It's like one of my top three favorite tools. It's a good tip. Yeah, yeah. Just being able to zone in and not be distracted because I know like, me, I've been writing during my daughter's nap times, for example, but she has some, she's back up again, runs back out. Like it's just constant little, like, you know, it takes 20 minutes to get her down. And then it's, it's, there's, those little breaks are useless. Like the little couple minutes here and a couple minutes there, totally useless because as soon yeah. as you're interrupted again, you're starting back over from square one. So, um, yeah. being able to just plug in and tune out, um, I think is very important. Yeah. So, yeah. I know my wife and I sat down tonight out on the back porch and just kind of retooled our schedule of our week mentally. Like, yep. how are you going to get work done? How am I going to get work done? Mm -hmm. How are we going to not go insane? Yeah. Um, because yeah. when it's just the two of us as adults and then one two, one two year old to talk to, you know what I mean? So that's. Man, they throw, throw a wrench into everything these <laughs> <Yeah>. days. <laughs> they really do. She's having a blast. <laughs> said, like three times a day. I'm like, it's lunch already. You just eat breakfast. <laughs> I'm in the middle of this. <laughs> Kids being home. Yeah. 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 No, um, it's right though. Yeah. I think a lot of families, I think will probably come out stronger from this in the end. Yeah. And uh, hopefully marriages too will uh, learn to kind of have a new appreciation for each other and their communication yeah. styles and things like that. Um, you know, I, I do feel bad for people who do live alone during this because, um, I mean, in some ways I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm like insanely jealous. <laughs> um <laughs> But also, I'm like, okay, well, companionship yeah. is good too. And you yeah, know, no, I, I hear. You. I think of, I think of all kinds of things. Like I think about my mom was a single mom, you yeah. know, 20 years ago. I imagined her, you know, if this was 20 years ago, what would she be doing? She was a nurse with three kids, like, you know. And I and I know now we're lucky where she, you know, just retired and she's remarried, and you know. But I think about what our family was 20 years ago. How would we be managing during this? And and just the idea of either you go to job, go to work. And get sick possibly or stay home and not have a paycheck it's just it's a nightmare feeling i'm sure yeah. and um yeah so i count myself as extremely fortunate right now um so i have absolutely zero complaints yeah well good i mean it, it, i think it counting our blessings is a good yeah. thing yeah uh, it's a great way to you know make, make a positive uh out of a negative here find our silver linings and whatever the cliches i can throw at this real quick <laughs> um is this what you write nathan no. yeah uh, I'm sure I write worse than that. Uh, it sounds way better than whatever. No, um, yeah. No, I, I think that. Yeah, it's it's challenging for all of us, but yeah, it's. I think this first couple of weeks, I think, has been the big shocker, and now hopefully we'll be able to settle in and find some sort of way to make progress, and um, you know, yeah. not, not go crazy. The new normal, right? Yeah. So. Um, you are taking on some new challenges on top of the standard challenge that everyone has, but you uh, talked about how you're, you're launching an entirely new series under a pen name. Yeah. Um, you're doing, can you talk about that for a second? Like, yeah, what? yeah. Yeah. I can talk about that. Um, because it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So <clears throat> I, I like challenges and I like, you know, to try to, I like the idea of diversifying. So I'm in historical romance, medieval, I never know, just like Scottish historical romance, medieval historical romance, but it's basically knights and castles and outlander type stuff. Yesterday I released a Scottish time travel. So, you know, these brothers are in New Orleans. They travel back to medieval and, you know, figure out how to use swords. It's fun. Congratulations um, on the Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's a niche though. So 
I think about long term, there's a there's definitely a ceiling on historical romance, um, especially in this niche. So if I was writing Regency, there's a lot more readers there. And um, so I always am interested in diversifying because if historicals down, I want to make sure I'm somewhere else, too. And Mm -hmm. so last year, I'll go backwards for a second, because I think this could be maybe important. Last year, um, I did launch I didn't do a pen name, but I did launch a paranormal contemporary Contemporary Paranormal series. So I did a three books, um, Contemporary Vampires, and it was super fun. And I thought it was like literally the next big, biggest thing because I sent it to my editor. My editor, you know, was trad. She was a um, big five editor. She's amazing, and I love her. And if Angela thinks it's good, then I'm in good shape, right? So Angela loved it. I sent it to some author friends and some urban fantasy people and paranormal people. And I'm like, this is going to be, oh my gosh. Right. Because everyone loves it. I love it. It's going to be great. It wasn't. And, um, it didn't do anything really. I mean, my readers love it. The people that read it, love it, but it was hard to break in. Yeah. So I learned a lot from that though, with perspective, you know, I really thought I was doing a great thing. Like I, I spent a lot of time obviously researching it. I read a million paranormals because I really wasn't into paranormal. And actually the first mistake I made mm. was I'm going to go into this because I'm binging True Blood and Vampire Diaries. And I am like all in on the vampires right now. Yeah. And so I said to my husband, who is the more business minded, I'm like, I'm going to write a paranormal vampire, like yeah. contemporary vampire. He said, what does this have to do with Scottish historical? He said, well, you know, we've always talked about, I want to diversify. I don't want to be, you know, pigeonholed. Okay, fine. If you think it's a good idea. Well, that probably wasn't the reason to get into it, right? I sort of, the market, all of that stuff, but I was feeling it, so I wrote it. Um, That was probably mistake number one. And I'm not saying if you're not absolutely feeling something and you love, but realizing that doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna sell. Right. Going backwards now, I did, you know, K-Lytic reports and talking to people, well, vampires were down. Mm. Um, Shifters were hot and they still are hot. Urban fantasy is really hot. One, you know, one, couple, one main protagonist. Mine wasn't that. It was a traditional romance where every book is a different couple. And I did try to set myself up for success with, you know, three books, rapid release. I held them. You know, I went back and forth between that and the historical for six months. So I had, you know, three kind of shorter 50k books ready to go one month apart. So I thought I was doing a really good thing. Um, vampires were down. I used my cover designer that I've always used because she's amazing. And so yeah. I'm like, of course, I'm going to use her. Well, looking back, I should have used a cover designer specific to paranormal romance, not necessarily the one I had because she was good and that's what I'm used to. Okay. So that's mistake number two. Now I know the covers were not on point. You know, months later when I was at Nink, I was talking to lots of people, paranormal people, and one person who's really successful in paranormal that I just happened to run into at Nink, she's like, let me take a look at it, you know, because I was telling her how this just didn't go the way I wanted. And she looked and she said, wait a minute, paranormal romance is black vampire is black and red cover like what are you doing with these bright blue green urban fantasy covers i'm like yeah i just don't know (laughs) great um so i didn't study the market as close as i Mm -hmm. should have probably shouldn't have written vampires and also i launched under my name you know i went back and forth pen name my name I thought it was so clever because I took my historical guys mm-hmm. and I brought them, I put minor characters 700 years into the future and turned them into vampires. But the end of my 12 book order series, I had these two guys I introduced. So when I put the paranormal out, I was like, guess what? These two people that you met in the last two books, 700 yeah. years later now, you're going to see them again in the vampires. Yeah, everybody's excited. We're going to read these books. So my also bots, my name, I carried over my medieval people were all and still all historical. Mm, yeah. Everything one. I tried Facebook ads, Amazon ads. My husband runs my Amazon ads. He does a great job with it. He could not because that's pretty much everyone said use Amazon ads to clear that out. Yeah. We could clear that. They never were anything other than Scottish historical also bots. So you know Amazon continues to try to sell it to oh, more yeah. people who like Scottish historical. Yeah. Who don't read urban fantasy or paranormal no. romance. Right. And they're saying, nope, nope, nope. And then the nope, Amazon nope, nope. algorithm thinks, nope, this book's no. a dud. Yeah. Yeah. And- I did a good job of carrying over my readers that 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 was it. And I might have a small, you know, medieval Scottish is fairly small readership. Yeah. Enough to make a living. It's a great, you know, I love it. I'm not complaining. But yeah. if you want to grow, like I said, there is that ceiling. Um, yeah. That was, that was just, there was a lot of mistakes that I made. So this time... I'm going into contemporary. I'm doing it completely different, learning from those mistakes. Um, 
And the contemporary really came from my editor. And she said, was like, you know, I want to try something fun and new. And she said, contemporary is, it will never go stale. So if you're talking long-term and you want to build a career, which obviously I do, and you want a long-term strategy, that's something that it doesn't matter if historical goes up and down or, or time travel goes up or down. That Everyone in romance is always reading contemporary. It is competitive. There's a lot of authors there. There's a lot mm -hmm. of books there. But yeah. in 10 years, they're going to still be reading it. So I said, well, I don't know about that voice, you know, if I can write. She said, well, your vampires are contemporary. Yeah. Your time travel, I had done some time travel. Those guys start out in contemporary. You already write contemporary. Because yeah. I was like, I don't know if that's my voice. You know, I have a very 13th century voice. She's yeah. like, no, I don't. So hmm. um, I sent her some short stories in first person. I had to switch from third to first. And um, once Angela gave me the go ahead, then I was full system go. And now I'm learning from last year launching in a pen name, not telling my readers, like no one will find out in terms of my readers, yeah. at least like two years. Yeah. I want them near my contemporary. So, um, and then I reverse engineered it this time. It was okay. I'm going to do this. It's not just what I'm feeling. It's let's look at what's selling. Let's look at what's good. And I really started this time with a cover, a title and went completely backwards, which is not my process. You know, I usually come up with the title and the premise is like what I'm feeling, you know, I'll write book four and then for book five, I just take a minor character and I did not do that this time. It was all about if I'm going to be smart about this, I need to write something that people are reading. Yeah. And so I landed on a billionaire contemporary billionaire romance is the subgenre. Um, just finished the cover. It's very on point and finished the website and, yeah. you know, it's hard to go from ground zero. I forgot how hard it was because yeah. I can't it's like starting over. Yeah. Starting over. Yeah. But I'm learn I've learned a lot. So about yeah. launching a pen name. Yeah. You have a vast, you know, arsenal of knowledge at your disposal at least. Things so. I did wrong. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> things we wish we'd known then as uh, yeah. Jamie Albright and uh, Sarah Rosette's podcast. You exactly. Know, listen so. to that every week now. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's <laughs> one I did too. Um, I think that I talked about this on their podcast because I think it's important for people to say, you know, everybody makes missteps. I, everyone does. And we don't talk yeah. about them very often. And, right. You know, I wasn't talking about this a year ago when I was still gung-ho paranormal. I was like, oh, the paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm like, it's fine. I embrace yeah, it. Yeah, no, we all learn. Are you are you thinking um, of going back and recovering those books and, mm -hmm. and doing a relaunch? Yeah, definitely I'm going to do that. Um, was thinking about doing that this fall, and the only reason I'm not going to yet, because the reviews are great, and I have readers on a weekly basis saying, when is the next book coming? It's supposed to be a five book series and there's only book uh, three, yeah. but I don't want to say to them, well, yeah, when it makes my money and I actually can sell them. Right, like, yeah. So I kind of keep that on the, the, the down low, but in terms of the readers, uh, but because I'm doing the contemporary, the historical is, is, is where my solid footing is and where my audience is. So mm -hmm. if I'm already going back and forth between historical contemporary, kind of launching that, um, throwing a paranormal in there, I'd be going way too long without a historical book. So when the timing is right, I absolutely, that's what I'll do. I'll recover. I'll probably pull them down, put them up on a pen name, recover them, put out a fresh book. Um, and I'll probably yeah. wait until vampires are back on the upswing. And then I'll yeah. like, all right, I'm ready to go. Interesting. So that's kind of plan. But, you know, that's the thing is like having a resource, you own all the rights. You can do whatever you want. You can recover anytime you want. You can read, do, redo the blurbs and titles, whatever you want. Because uh, mm -hmm. you own the content, and when the market changes, you can shift as an indie and yeah. make those changes as, as needed. Um, yeah. There's only there's very few th times when I've run into things where I just, you know, there's no way out. Um, one I'm in right now with my stinking royalty share uh, situation of my book, one of my series. Like royalty share, if anyone is considering doing a royalty share, and they say, do not do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah, it's I agree. the worst deal. Like I didn't. I went through the whole ACX site and like trying to find how do you get out of this, mm -hmm. and there is no way out. The book, my book has I don't know twelve hundred reviews on it right now. Oh and wow! If I want it, if I want it out, like the ebook and everything, I think would stay the same. But if I want to pull the audiobook down, put it back up as a new non royalty share book, I lose all the reviews, and there's no way out of it. And I'm like, God, oh, this is just terrible. And um, so I'm yeah. just basically stuck losing half my profits forever. Um, and it's just, and it's like, it kills you because then you want to write more books in that series and stuff. And you're constantly advertising that book. And it's just, uh, anyway, 
There's, yeah. we, all make, we all make mistakes. We all make missteps. I know. Yeah. They knew all of this going in. Uh, some yeah. Are, some are more costly than others, but <laughs> that's why we have wine. So that's why. <laughs> why? I don't know who's drinking my beer over here. I don't know. Someone's <laughs> down. Um, mm. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun though because I like the challenge. Like at first, I said this is crazy. Like in my historical friends are like, yeah, your mind, like just stay in your lane and relax, take a yeah. deep breath. I'm like, no, I can't. Yeah. I, I'm having a lot of fun though because that's also like a different part of the brain, you know. Um, going from 13th century kilt to this guy's a billionaire living in New York City. I'm like, I like this kind of going back and forth and yeah. um, I'm having a ton of fun with it. And I'm also having, I don't know if I would say fun. Now fun isn't the word. It's an interesting challenge to start from zero. It is. Trying yeah. to gain readers. I have nothing. No, I mean, I had, I started in January basically building a platform and I'm like, I opened up an Instagram account. I opened mm -hmm. up a Facebook page and uh, I started a Facebook group with me and my mom, just like I did the first time. Yeah. And my sister and I was like, wait, how did I get people in here? <laughs> I don't have a book. Yeah. You go back <laughs> to the very beginning of like, how do I get reviews on a book when I don't have any sales on a book? And it's, wait, what do I? Yeah. Some of those it's initial questions. It's like no but one knows I, I exist yet. Followers now. Woo -woo. Yeah. What's that? I have a hundred Instagram followers. Oh, there you go. On your, on your pen name. Yeah. Fantastic. On your pen name. I think I have like, I don't know, 50 people in my reader group. So yeah. A yeah. hundred and some on my newsletter. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Humbling. Back at the beginning. But you know so many other uh, contemporary romance authors now probably that you can yeah. kind of be like, ah, and they know that you're legit. No. <laughs> uh, they know that you're not just the pen name. So maybe that can, yeah. I know uh, Pippa was on, Pippa Grant was on a couple weeks ago and talking about how, because she knew Lucy who was on last week and Lucy was like, yeah, hey, and just put, put her in one newsletter, I think, like, and boom. just basically launched Pippa's new, new pen name career. Yeah. And um, it was just sometimes just having those connections and yeah. you know, by being social, by being the person you already are, it's not like you're trying to do anything out of the ordinary other than just, you know, yeah. give back. Um, yeah, contemporary. I mean, you know, and hi, Lucy, I've already reached out to her. She's given me some tips. Um, contemporary romance, what I'm finding is very much like historical. It's a really tight knit, um, mm -hmm. supportive, amazing yeah. And I talk to people sometimes in other genres and they're like, wow, you know, you romance authors. I'm like, we are, you know, even at Nink, like we're together. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a great community and I'm finding contemporary exactly the same way. Um, yeah. I spoke with someone to Tara Lee. I'll say she, uh, she writes contemporary romance. I met her at a conference a few years ago. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry for bothering you. I don't want to be that person who's constantly asking questions and bothering all my friends. And she's like, stop. The next time you say anything about, you're bothering me or do not qualify any of your questions. Yeah. Um, they're just amazing. Yeah. And I mentioned yeah. Maria and Lucy, like it's a great community. So that, that definitely will, uh, will hopefully help out. Yeah. And all I do now is just share their stuff, you know, and that's, yeah. it's fun. That's what I'm doing on Facebook is like, this is, and I'm reading their stuff. So it's easy. And I, my readers know, and I'll, I'll be the same with the contemporary. I don't put out anything that I can't say. Yes, I absolutely love this. So yeah. I think the biggest thing is reading their books and genuinely saying, this is why I would pick up this book, as opposed yeah. to just kind of peddling out um, chair for fair. And I, and I don't do that. So, yeah, yeah it's, been, it's and been fun. When you actually build these friendships and stuff, like I know I have a fellow time travel author friend who just launched a book yesterday, and I'm, I'm going to go announce it in my newsletter this week later. He didn't ask me to. Like, I haven't even talked to him about it, but I know I'm going to do it because like, I like his stuff. I've read his yeah, stuff. It's, it's good. Easy. And mm -hmm. there's no reason for me not to share that with my, we're already like contemporary yep. authors. I, like my time travel people like his stuff. Like I'm, yeah. of course I'm going to do that. And like, once you build those relationships, it's a no brainer. Like, mm -hmm. Of course you're going to help somebody else out. Like, you know, why not? And, um, yeah. yeah. And now too, especially where it's like, you know, everybody's got to be helping everybody out a little bit. You mm -hmm. know, trying to find ways to, to give back. And it's a great community. I mean, I, yeah. I'm say this all the time. Um, I've been a part of, the education community when I was, you know, them that career and in the marketing community because I have a marketing business. Um, and then this one, and they're all different, but this one is just amazingly supportive. I've mm -hmm. said that I've been in since 2017. I keep waiting for the tide to turn. It never did. You know, I thought at first, like, are these people that nice? They're that people are that nice in this community. Really? Yeah. And I'm not saying there aren't competitive people out there, but um, yeah, I just, I have some great, relationships in this community and I love it. Yeah. Well, as James and Mark say, it's a great time to be a writer. 
So yeah, <laughs> it's good that they coined that because it really, I yeah. feel it perfect. It oh, really, I know. It's very, it's very true. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, you've worked with them, um, Love them behind the scenes and their courses and stuff. And you also, you have a course, is your course, is this course you're doing affiliated with theirs or is it okay. independent now? The new, the, the, the bot course. Yeah, it's independent. There's uh, the things I did for them. Uh, we did some Instagram stuff and Facebook live stuff. Yeah. And, um, I, I'll give a shout out if I can to them. Yeah. I think class closes today. Does 101 close today? Maybe. Um, I think oh, I saw question. that. Yeah. It might be a wrapping yeah, up. SPF 101. But I do that because it's, it's, it's easy to promote because I yeah. love it. I SPF is a self formula. Yeah. It came to me at the exact right time. I was just about to launch my book. And, uh, so I took it and it was a, it was a great partnership because I kept talking about it. And then finally yeah. they found me, they're like, who is this, this like person who just keeps going on and on? <laughs> well, of course I loved it. Yeah. Um, great course. And yeah. And James and John, you know, I, I know them more, but Mark, uh, I see, I, what did I see him out of Vegas and a handful of times, but they do the interviews. So they kind of yeah. came out to the house on Pennsylvania. And then we ended up somehow in Disney together, pre Nank. Which and- I'm so jealous of. I want the invite <laughs> next time. Yeah, we are in planning for this year. Um, I love those guys so much. They're, and like I said, great author community and the people that you meet. Um, because it was, and we've talked about this, hard to stop going into the office. I loved getting rid of suits and heels and all that, but. I didn't realize how lonely this job would be. And it's mm-hmm. not something on my radar. So having people like you and people like James, I look forward to that stuff. And the conferences are my lifeblood. Yeah. And now they're gone. Yeah, I was going to <laughs> Napa in April. Oh. And that's gone. And then um, a Newport May kind of author retreat is gone. But again, I'm not, I seriously am not complaining. It's, Newport, it's uh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island. I love Newport, Rhode Island. I love Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, so. I used to live there. I used to you work did? in Newport. Yeah, I uh, worked at a, a seafood place there for a while when I was. Yeah, I lived, used to live in Cranston before I moved to Florida, and then I I worked at a place called Benjamin's up in Newport. Yeah, it was cool. That's a beautiful town. Like oh I my love gosh. Yeah. Newport. My sister went to school at Roger Williams, so we used to go up uh, while she was in school. And then now I haven't been up in a few years, so I was excited to just. We, they got a big old house, and it was yeah. a bunch. Of, um, Actually, my friend Tara invited me, and she said, hey, I know you're jumping into contemporary. We have 20 contemporary authors in this retreat. Do you want to come? Uh, probably yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that yeah. was canceled. It's fine, though. I'm hoping by the time September rolls around, we'll be able to come down to you in Florida. Fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Come anyway, will you? Yeah. Just, That's- <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a mi- Even if the conference gets canceled, can we do a mini conference? Yeah, in Disney with James and John. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Yeah. But tell me a little bit about more about this course that you have. So um, Facebook yeah. Messenger um, yeah. bot program that like yeah. So you're like amazing... oh, course. I'm like so. Let me tell you about SPF, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which, which is great. Yeah, no, we it's love we love all of them in the world and marketing. Um, all right, so my course is actually the bots and uh, Messenger bots. So it's like Messenger, you know, where you get like Facebook messages and stuff like that. I always 100% knew I was probably at some point going to come into some nonfiction um, teaching because I was a teacher for so long. My last job right before I left um, for to be an author was as a curriculum specialist. So um, I went into school districts. I did workshops. I taught teachers reading and writing, things like that for the State Department of Ed. And so it's a very natural fit for me to, to, you know, do that stuff and design courses. We used to design online courses for teachers, things like that. Um, so I have a business. It's called iConnect. It's an influencer marketing, and we connect bloggers and brands. I've been doing that since 2009. Okay. My partner, her name is Bridget Duplantis. She lives in New Orleans. And that's why I say I, I picked you as a business partner because you live in New Orleans. I go to New Orleans <laughs> every year, multiple times, um, fell in love with the city. And uh, so we've had that business for over 10 years. We work with like Pampers and Old Spice. And, wow. you know, this is completely different from the author stuff. We yeah. don't, it's it's not anything related with books. Um, but because of that business, sh- we go to a lot of social media conferences, things like that. So sort of two years ago, we were in a conference in San Diego. Where we were speaking and we meandered into a session on marketing, messenger marketing and bots. So I came home and I tried it. Yeah. And I'm, these things suck. Like I am getting spammy messages and I don't like it and I hated it and I turned it off. Well, Bridget yeah. was working on bots with our other clients. And over the last two, I mean, if I got on this two years ago, oh, 
it's early adapter now, but two yeah. years ago it really was. She yeah. was like, you need to do this, you need to do this. And I should have listened to her because her instincts in terms of business and social media are good, but I didn't. Mm. I let it go. And then when we saw some of the results that businesses were getting, the open rates, like yeah. 80, 95%, you know, where a yeah. newsletter might be 40 or yeah. if you're lucky. Um, she said, you need to try it. I was like, I, I can't, I don't have time. I have books, I have contemporary, I have this, I have that. I like, I just, if this, the learning curve is too steep. I tried it. It's actually really confusing to me and no. Mm. So Bridget, being Bridget, said, what if I take your bottle? What if I just do it for you? I'm like, this is, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. Because she believed in it that much that I should yeah. be doing it. She said, sis, yeah. some of the most successful bots are, they have a persona. So Pizza Hut and all these companies that had amazing bots, yeah. they have a persona. She said, you already have a persona. You have your character, your book character. Like your bot could be amazing. You're yeah. not successful because you were trying to sell people in a bot. Bot's conversational. It's not, you know, a Facebook post or it's, it's you got to treat it differently. I'm like, yeah, go ahead and do it. So we, I wrote the copy for it and then she put this bot in my character's uh, voice. So okay. the messenger comes from the book, the hero of the, you know, the whatever book I'm promoting. That's really smart. Yeah. And then it just exploded. Like my readers are asking for this first bot and they want to talk to them. The open rates were like incredible. And I think the first one I sent in uh, in the summer, I mean, I maybe had 200 subscribers because you have to get subscribers and yeah. do everything to go out and get sign them. Up for it, yeah. yeah, sign up for it. But out of 200 subscribers, I had a 97% open rate or something crazy. They're wow. seeing the message. Whereas everywhere else, they may or may not. And I'm like, whoa, Bridget, yeah. talk to me about this. So then I took a course and did everything that, that I could to learn it. And then I was all in. And I've been all in since I saw what they could do. To the point where I had some author friends that saw, I think it was at a uh, RWA event where I had like a little code, you know, one of those QR codes. And the cool thing about bots is you could take readers anywhere you want. So they, you know, came up to my table and then hold the little QR code. And then the bot fired right up in Messenger and it said, hey, are you new to me? Go here. If you've read a book of mine, go here. Join my reader group. So as opposed to kind of one message, you can kind of filter mm -hmm. them out wherever. Flowchart. Yeah. And it was just really cool. So another author saw that she's like, I want that. I want that. And I want it tomorrow. And I'm like, I I'm barely, you know, proficient with this stuff. But Bridget knows it inside and out. She runs it for other people. And that's how it got started. And then Bridget took on that person uh, for free because we were like, we've never done this with another author before. Yeah. And snowballed to the point where we we have a whole iConnect team that we work with um, that people that, you know, do campaigns for us. We had to train them, pull them in, and, and we basically were very quickly at capacity to do this for authors. And yeah. I said, Brit, you can't, I don't want to be in this business of, you know, we we are going to be swamped. And I still have to write books and do this other stuff. So yeah. let me use my expertise to put a course together so we could still work with authors one-on-one -on -one if they want that, you know, level of service. But indies are kind of indie, and we want yeah. to be in. And um, so then I put the course together while she still works with authors one-on-one, -on -one, and we used the best practices from there to create messenger marketing for authors. And now we kind of have the two prongs thing. And so, uh, yeah, so, was, so as I connect, we kind of got into this, uh, we call it Novel Bots is the, is the sub company that we have. Novel and Bots, okay. Novel Bots is the company and messenger marketing for authors is the course. And I'm in it because I, it's just amazing and I believe in it. It's so fun. I mean, I have readers that are so funny. They talk to the character like, Yesterday I released a book, Time Travel, you know, and he said, wish yeah. me luck as I'm about to go back through time. And all day today I'm getting like, good luck, you know, Grayson, I hope you make it. And I'm like, oh my God. Is his name Grayson? <laughs> Grayson is That's funny. Name. I've got a um, character I'm going to name in Grayson in the Get upcoming out. series. Yeah, he was also a time traveler. Which, oh my gosh, yeah. Grayson, we should do a little cross, right? <laughs> yeah, we should. That'd be funny. But um, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, they have a... Um, I, I, use, I signed up for Mark Dawson when he had the bots going for the while. He still uses them to sell his new books. And um, I think I unsubscribed yep. eventually. But initially, like, I, I, you get the pop-up on your notification on your phone. So even if you weren't interested, you at least knew yeah. that Mark Dawson had put out a book that day. Yeah. And he said, here it is if you want it. And I would, you know, even if I was like, no, it's not right. I really just signed up because I was curious. I'm not really one of his readers necessarily. <laughs> I just want to see if it works. I just want to yeah. see if it works. It, I, every time he launched a dang book, I knew... And it was yeah. like, so his open rates were obviously great because 
It's like, you know, it's, it just works. When something pops up on your phone, even if you're doing something else, you read that little notification and you've read it. You've got the, the essential yeah. information. And, you has, it and you keep going. If you don't, yeah. you know, there's a lot of best practices we embed in the course, but like, you know, an unsubscribe the very first time, every single time, because you don't want, some people will say, well, it's kind of spammy. It's coming right into my inbox. I'm like, well, email right. was spammy at yeah. one point or considered spammy. Um, I have a, point zero what like almost no one and I have much more pe many more people unsubscribe to my email than the bot because I'm getting mm -hmm. people that want to be there I have an unsubscribe in the very first message I don't want people that don't want to be there and yeah. um, and it is an easier sell to say hey come chat with Grayson sometimes then come and you know buy my book you know if they right. just chat with him then Grayson will take you to kind of where you need to go um, but yeah, it, it comes to your, your phone and then even too, you can collect emails and text, you know, SMS data in the bot. And those are really good quality leads because it's the person's Facebook profile info, as opposed to, you know, you're collecting an email. I just gave you my email because, you know, I'm entering a giveaway or whatever. And it's like a, a junk email and then you right, end up yeah. for it. And, uh, these are it just, a it's, it's. I would never have spent six months putting a course together if I wasn't so bought in myself. Um, yeah. You know, so it's... And it's, it's something that not as many authors are tapped into. No, it's businesses in general, they say less than 10% of businesses are on bots. So right now it still is. If you're jumping in now, you're an early adapter. And in two years, especially if we put the course out and people are doing it as authors, it'll be flooded and it won't yeah. be as effective. So that's yeah. why I'm doing it now. What's, uh, how do people find it? Do they go to... Um, so you can go website, to uh, Messenger Marketing for Authors. Messenger Marketing for Authors. So um, in Launching Indie, which is a, a group that I run for authors on um, Facebook, I mention it all the time, but you can actually just Google Novel Bots or Messenger Marketing for Authors and it'll come up. It's novel-bots.com. Um, yeah. And I also uh, I want to give a code to your readers too. So I want to, because okay. we have it open. Um, now, so we'll do a $50 off code for uh, Bookcases Live. So B BFL, yeah, so BFL. Okay. We'll do a code for that too. Um, Fantastic. What's the total cost normally? So it's three forty nine, and okay. yep, we opened it up. With, so we have a VIP group that we're just working with the authors that we do one on one, the concierge service, the kind of done for you, and the course people, and we are in there every day, Bridget and I. So we're kind of keep it open until we feel like it's, there are too many, aren't too many people that we can't address one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and then we'll probably close it up and open them for the summer. So we're kind of considering this like a, an initial kind of beta launch, which is why I'm. Um, and how long is it going to be open for, for people that are listening uh, to the podcast later? Yeah. So about two weeks. So maybe yeah, mid April. Because we really just want to make sure that we're not flooded in the VIP group. So. Okay. Probably mid April. We'll close it up until the summer just to, and also too, this is the first influx of, uh, of users. I want to make sure, you know, we've had beta users and I had people going through and checking it out, but I want to make sure it's perfect. So is it going to be one of those things that once you buy in, you're in and like you can get future updates or that's yeah, yeah. Kind of like matter of fact, I'm already updating. So one of the things I had, um, some people in the group, they were like, you know, you've done kind of a sample campaign for other authors, but we would love to see yours. So what I did with my release right now, and I just updated this in the course yesterday, I'm showing them each of my flows for the release that I have right now. And I'm putting that in its own little module. And so any of that stuff, we'll just keep adding and adding. And, it, and Messenger, things do change. There's a huge update March 4th that kind of changed everything. Um, they yeah. update their policies. And so to be compliant, you have to do it really kind of a very certain way. Um, yeah. They used to have this thing called 24 plus one where you could message anyone within 24 hours plus one additional message. They got rid of the plus one. So companies lost their mind, but it's fine as long as you do it right. And as long as I think as authors, we have an advantage because we have like a book release, which is an event. And so we can tag it like that. And it gets a little, little weird, but um, yeah, so all of those updates and there will be updates because I, it's Facebook and I'm assuming they will keep changing. Things change. Yeah. Constantly on Facebook. <laughs> Yeah. Who, who is the right person for this course? Like if you say, okay, if I'm just starting out, maybe I just have like a couple books out versus I have 20 books out. Like who's, who's the right person to actually spend the money on this course? Yeah. Uh, anyone who also finds that they, uh, an email list would be valuable. So if you are an author who say, okay, an email list is probably for me. So is this, it's the same thing. Essentially. It's just a different medium. Mm -hmm. So I have a, a bot already for my contemporary, even though I don't have a book yet. 
Okay. Um, that's what's in my Instagram profile. That's what's everywhere. Chat with Enzo. Um, and then Enzo will take you to the reader group or to, you know, all of the different places. Then Enzo is going to talk to you. So um, I would say, of course, if you already are an expert in bots, then it's not probably for you if you're just getting started. Because it really goes from like, I don't know anything about bots or many yeah. chat platform we use um, or intermediate where you want to talk about, you know, I use bots, but I don't do quizzing or you know, lots of different intricate things. We do have like an advanced module in there um, for some things like that. So anyone who finds an email list valuable will find this valuable. And what's really cool is kind of like Instagram, it doesn't matter if you have 200 or a thousand followers, if you use the right hashtags, you reach the right people. This doesn't matter if you already have a huge platform, you're going out and finding subscribers just like you would an email list. Um, so yeah. I'd say anyone who wants to find new readers is probably, and, and, you know, people wonder because I'm romance, you know, does it work for non-romance? If your character has a unique, distinct voice and you want your readers to get to know your character on a deeper level, level, or they're really invested by the time your book comes out, then it's the right fit. How time intensive is the course in terms of like, uh, how steep is the learning curve? And if you're just starting from square one, yeah. what's the difficulty level you would rate this at? Um, it's steep enough. The learning curve is steep enough that it put me off. I will be honest with you. Exactly. I think there's tutorial, like anything, you don't have to take this course to learn how to do bots. I mean, obviously I didn't have this course. Right. Um, I spent a few months piecing it all together mm -hmm. and then, you know, I put it in here. Um, so that information is out there in all of the different places. Um, yeah. but I'd say it's, it's kind of, for me, at least it was a more intermediate learning curve um but i didn't have this to kind of put it all together and also working with you know 50 authors at this point we've taken all the best of all of their stuff and jammed it together um yeah. to have this you know we kind of say if you're launching a book maybe about six flows or six conversations you know in about a month and a half month period and we kind of lay that all out um but it's not the only way to do it it's just kind of what we found has worked yeah yeah sense. so the, the course is like I said, I always knew I would kind of come back to teaching, but it had to be the right fit. And for me, this was like, oh, yeah, this is exciting. And I've been around social media for long enough with the iConnect business. You know, we started when there was no Pinterest, no Instagram. Like, so our business was all about adapting to whatever new came out. Some yeah. things came out and they weren't great. Some we were like, yeah, that's going to stick. And this is one where after I used it, I'm like, oh, this is going to stick. Like, I'm yeah. in, you know, Especially when Bridget was doing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get the teamwork effort with that level of uh, teamwork. You know, the other person's she, doing most of the work. That's a great team. She's amazing. I've been. She's been a business partner and a friend for over ten years. We ran a conference together for six years. I actually today I messaged her. I said I have a crazy idea. She's like, please, please, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> she knows me well she knows enough. She knows you well. You know how we did our conference for six years? It was like 500 people, three days, sponsors, the whole nine yards. I mean, it was a legit conference. She's like, oh, please, no. I'm like, hear me out. We should do an online conference and do bots and do this and do that. And she's like, no. <laughs> no not. Shut me down. Shut me down. So she's, she's good for that because I do have a lot of ideas. And That's good, though. Someone has to be the idea person. Some are good. Yeah. You just keep, keep shooting them out there. And one of them's going to hit big. You're normal? No. Contemporary? Okay. <laughs> we'll see. We'll check back in with you. You know, you're a frequent guest of this show, so we'll have you back on, I'm sure. We'll keep up with the progress. Yeah. Hopefully um, next time I won't be like, so this new genre. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're talking to a guy who's like making up his own genres over here. So I've Is got... Is that what you're still doing? I, I didn't get to yeah, talk about what you're I, doing. You don't even want to know what I'm up to over here. <laughs> Not advised. Nothing advisable. Um... <laughs> But I'm having don't, a good time. So. Don't do it. That that matters. Hey, the vampires are super fun. I say that yeah. now. Okay, so maybe it didn't, you know, turn me into the next greatest paranormal, you know, chair ward, but it was a lot of yeah. fun. They're coming. Yeah. They'll come back around eventually. Yeah, we'll so, see. That's good. Well, Sissy, it's been great talking to you. Already, we're always. done. Oh, no. I, well, it's only been an hour, but I feel like it's been an hour. It's <laughs> for a podcast. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, take too much of people's people time. People at home, like really, <laughs> they're yeah. still on. They're still talking. I am on my second glass of wine, so I mean, I have I am not, but I will I know. be. We should have got you another beer. I'm going to have to send out got the cheese balls. How many gallons of cheese balls is that? I'm like, are you serious? Nobody else likes them? Like, this is a lot of cheese it's balls. Like three I gallons of cheese balls. My mother. Um, 
But yeah, I'm going to have to give people a notice for the next episode. Yeah, by the way, bring a cooler. You know, park it next to your seat. Have a couple yeah. beers ready to go because <laughs> we I'm may be talking like, for a while. On. I hear I, this is 99, so that'll be 100. Yeah, yeah, I am. I, and I was, uh, I had big plans for like trying to do like a big thing. And I am, it is still going to be fun. I'm gonna, I think we're going to do um, the villains and villainy episode next week. And that's going to be episode 100. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, I'm excited to, to get to 100 episodes. It's 100 kind episodes, of, yay, yeah. thank you. Um, People who watch the or listen to the podcast are like, "What are you talking about?" There's not, but there are. If, if you've been here since the beginning of just Facebook, there's been a hundred episodes. So I we're love at it. episode ninety nine. So we'll be I'll be uh, celebrating next week, which will definitely deserve a drink. So yes. hopefully you'll you'll um, I will be here. Watch and, and have a drink with us. And, with uh, but at least two or three SBC, maybe not three in an hour. That'd be lovely. <laughs> we'll bring yeah, bring a drink next week, and we'll meet back up and uh, hopefully. Uh, celebrate a little bit more next week. Sounds awesome. I'll be here. Yeah, thank you so much for taking time out of your night. Always. And uh, take time out of your quarantine to come come hang out. I'm going to go back and be quarantined more so. Yeah, (laughs) this was great. I'm live pretty much all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That is one nice thing about this situation that there's a silver lining is that people are like, yeah, we're home. Yeah, I I, I do have some time. So, yeah, I do need a drink, actually. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So... There's a lot of, you start with a lot of yeses right out of the gate. And then it's just a matter of getting people so. online yeah, to do it. So I love it. Well, anytime. Good to see you, Nathan. All right. Good to see you too. Thank you everyone for watching and listening and, and uh, putting up with us. And we'll see you again next week for another great episode. So long. Yeah.